What is up, everybody? Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, enjoyed some NFL preseason action and some baseball and just enjoyed your weekend overall. Um, starting off with NFL preseason, um, people say it doesn't really matter. It honestly really doesn't. But when it comes to game planning, players trying to make the final roster, it means a lot, especially for first-year quarterbacks. Specifically them, all right? Everyone wants to see how they do under the NFL's bright lights. I'm not saying if they struggle, they won't do anything. I'm also not saying if they look great, they won't be MVP right away. Preseason does mean a little, but not all that much. But for these quarterbacks I'm about to mention, it's everything. Starting off with Tua. There's this talk about him. How he really isn't an NFL caliber quarterback. Last year, he went six and three as a startable, as a starter. Respectable, but the Dolphins weren't really all that confident in his ability to play at a high level, and to an extent, I don't blame him. Initially, it was injury late in his last year at Bama, which everyone knew about. He was still drafted first round. Um. Let him heal up, sit under Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, like Mahomes did under Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers did under Brett Favre. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick is those guys, but when they finally threw him out there, he didn't look bad, but he looked uncomfortable. And, and comfort, goes along, comfort goes a long way in life and in sports. I know kind of get out of your comfort zone, but at the same time, if you're not comfortable where you're at, it's not, you know what I'm saying. But to make Rodgers worse for the kid... They'd bench him halfway through, or uh, 75% of the way through, and have Fitzpatrick come in like it's baseball, and they bring in the reliever. And as much as I love baseball, it's, a, it's the great American pastime. This ain't baseball. This is football. That's not how it works. There has been reports come out this offseason from numerous sources how Tua wasn't fully prepared for games. He wasn't completely familiar with the playbook. That's on him. You gotta be ready. I'm not saying you gotta know every little thing your rookie year, but have a grasp on virtually everything. Ask questions, study, whatever you gotta communicate, whatever you gotta do. This first preseason game, though, against the Bears, he looked more comfortable. No, his accuracy isn't great, but he didn't really do anything wrong. He had an interception, but. That was kind of a great play made by the safety. The receiver was kind of just sitting there, and the safety just came up and took it. You saw the receiver sitting there. Um, Tua doesn't have the strongest arm, but I, if I had advice for the kid, 25-year-old, going to college, doing a podcast, working an everyday 9-to-5 job, if I had advice for him, I'd say, study your playbook, kid, control your accuracy, you'll, you'll do fine. But... I will say good luck against these defensive coaches like Sean McDermott, Robert Saleh, and the greatest head coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Now on to Justin Fields. He has loads of potential, but also pressure. Loads of talent. He's got an arm. He's got the speed. He's got the potential to be the greatest Bears quarterback of all time. First franchise quarterback for Chicago. And I'm telling you, on Saturday, he did everything Bears fans were looking for. He struggled at first, but I mean, what do you expect in his first ever NFL start? 
Peyton Manning started 3-13. and No, 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 don't get ahead of me. Fields isn't Peyton Manning. He could be, maybe. But after his struggles early, he showed off his speed with a rushing touchdown and had a passing touchdown to go with it. Good start for the kid. Don't be surprised if he's starting week one, which I assume would happen. On to Trey Lance. Trey Lance played a real down in football the first time in quite a bit due to the pandemic. He had one game last year. That was it. He did obviously struggle. He did play the defending AFC champs. Sure, they didn't have starters, but they do have some great depth. But Kyle Shanahan said it himself. It was good for him to struggle. Unlike Fields, I don't see him starting right away unless he takes over the 49ers' remaining preseason games late September at the earliest. But only if Jimmy G completely struggles, which I wouldn't be surprised, or gets hurt. Again, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Overall, he looked okay. I guess Kyle Kyle Shanahan said his only regret is he didn't play longer, which I get. But if he ends up being a franchise quarterback, it would kind of not look good if he got hurt in his first preseason game after not playing in so long. So, in my opinion, Shanahan did the right thing there. Um, On to Trevor Lawrence. It is officially sunshine time for Duval. There's not much to say about Trevor right now. He did what Jacksonville asked him to do. He handled pressure well after being sacked on his first play. And I, I honestly feel like he's about to be a star. But how about that other quarterback, the one in Jacksonville? And I'm a little behind on this, but the one in the tight ends room, Tim Tebow. He had three plays. I mean, there were others, but he had three plays that show that Urban Meyer might not have this NFL gig down just yet. Tebow's blocking looked awful. There's a reason I use past tense. And there was a pass thrown right at him that Tavon Austin jumped and caught. He just kind of looked lost out there. I respect the guy, but he's got to hang it up. And I'm not even going to get in on Urban Meyer coming out and saying there's an open QB competition between Lawrence and Minshew. You didn't leave that cushy job in the media to throw Minshew out there. No disrespect to Minshew, but Lawrence is a generational talent. That nonsense competition is just a smokescreen. Back to Tebow. I kind of wrote this down before this happened. Tebow was released. I'm not going to put any of this mess on Tebow. He hasn't played in the NFL in... Eight years, I believe. I think it was eight years. Um, I'm, I'm going to put this on Urban Meyer. I know Tebow was his guy over a decade and a half ago, almost a decade and a half ago. But why would you bring him in knowing if Bill Belichick couldn't fix him, how are you going to fix him in your first year in the NFL? I, I don't know. I hope Tebow goes back to what he wants to do, which is an analyst, perfect analyst. We all know he's religious. Maybe he can be a preacher. I don't know. He can be both. But good luck to Tebow. I think Urban Meyer will do be fine, as long as he doesn't do any more of these crazy signings. Um, I have a Mount Rushmore take next. So last week, I had a Mount Rushmore take. I ran down the Mount Rushmores in sports, hockey, soccer, golf, boxing, you name it. But I also did pro wrestling. 
And for me, it wasn't who's the best. It was who was one of the best, who had the most impact. Wrestling was The Undertaker, Bruno San Martino, Ric Flair, and John Cena. And I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of second-guessing this. and I might go back and second-guess everything. But something brought, to me, brought it to my attention this week. I've got to replace Bruno San Martino with Kurt Angle. And no disrespect to Bruno San Martino. If you guys know anything about wrestling, he held the world championship for four years straight. I don't care if it's fake, predetermined, whatever. That's still impressive to hold a title for that long. But anyways, with Kurt Angle, he made quite the impact. He was an Olympic gold medalist. And he eventually carried over to WWE, and he killed it. He showed his actual wrestling ability, showed how much of an athlete he was. And had just had that wrestling background in his matches. He was an all-timer. So I want to say my new Mount Rushmore goes like this. Undertaker, Kurt Angle, Ric Flair, and John Cena. And again, there's two reasons why I brought this up. One was to fix it. And two, because, like I said, something that came to my attention this week. A new Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, Gable Stevenson, um, for the USA. After he won gold, he... Simply tweeted Vince McMahon. Nothing else. He just said, at Vince McMahon. And it kind of got me thinking. Is Gable Stevenson possibly the next Kurt Angle? Like I said, possibly. The guy is a beast. He's got the charisma, obviously, if you go check his Twitter. He'll be at SummerSlam this Saturday. Maybe that's something coming up. I mean, not long after Kurt, you had Brock Lesnar and even Dolph Ziggler. I feel like Gable can be that guy. Whether it's UFC, WWE, or something else. Either way, I'll be falling. I'm honestly excited to see what happens. Anyways, I have a Royals and Chiefs update for you up next. On to the Royals. They're struggling, and I mean struggling mightily. I expected them to kind of keep up that hot streak, and they just haven't. And at this point, I'm gonna I'm gonna be lucky to see if they get to the 75 wins. I am going to keep up the faith and hope they can get one more hot streak before September call-ups. Bobby Wood Jr., Edward Oliveras. But at the same time, I am tanning my expectations for the remainder of the year. I'm just going to root for them like I always do and hope for the best. But speaking of expectations for Kansas City, how about those Chiefs? That first team O-line, man, I'm telling you, they controlled the line in that first game. Mahomes and Henney, Chad Henney weren't even touched. Yes, I'm aware it's preseason. We just talked about this. Yes, I'm aware 49ers didn't have Bosa and company in the game. But ever heard of a tune-up game? That's what it was for the O-line, setting the tone. Now the receivers, McCole Hardman, just like the Royals, I'm taming my expectations. He had a pass thrown right to him on a crossing route, and he dropped it. It was nearly intercepted. Everyone worked out with Mahomes in the offseason. You know who didn't? Hardman. I feel like it goes like this. Byron Pringle will be wide receiver number two. All Mahomes has got to get to two is him, Hill, Kelsey, Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, who I think will be tight end number two. Noah Gray could be. I don't know yet. Um, 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon, who McKinnon impressed in his Chiefs debut. I feel like they might have a two-headed monster at running back because we all know Andy Reid tends to take his foot off the gas. With this revamped offensive line and the running backs we got, I can see this offense being unstoppable, especially with, especially with Lucas Nguyen getting the nod at right tackle over Mike Rimmers so far. Um, Rimmers is a good backup and a good veteran presence, in my opinion, in this offensive line group. Um, I have a top 100 list for you next. I'll go over that here in a moment. Okay, so for about 10 years now, I think it's the 11th year technically, um, the NFL Network has been doing a top 100 players list voted on by the players. And I've always said I will never never argue with a player's point of view on another player. They know more. They know more than we do. They know more than analysts. They know more. They know more than a lot other than coaches. So I don't argue with them. I won't say, why is this guy here? Why is that guy there? I'm not going to argue that. However, sometimes I do want to reorder stuff. And this week I'm going to do... So this past Sunday they did 100 to 41. This next Sunday they're doing 40 to 11. I will not do all those, but I will get through these before the season starts. Tonight, I'm, Today I'm going to do 100 to 81. But starting off with 100 to 91, I will read it off for you down the line. So the players had James Robinson at 100. That's Jaguars running back. Brandon Graham, the Eagles' defensive end, at 99-98 was Brandon Scherf, the Washington right tackle. Yeah, Kyle Chuzjek, the 49ers fullback. Cole Beasley, the Bills receiver. Tredavious White, Bills cornerback. Drivers Landry, Browns wide receiver. TJ Hawkinson, Lions tight end. And then Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center. I'm going to reorder it. I'm keeping James Robinson at 100. He was great last year for the Jags. But they went 1-15. Is that on him? No. But I think this year he makes quite a bit of a jump with him. Travis Etienne on that backfield. I think they'll do fine. At number 99, I'm going to put TJ Hawkinson at Lions tight end. He's impressive to me. Obviously, I guess the players know what they're talking about. But I won't. I, I'm just going to keep him at 99. Brandon Graham, Eagle defensive end. He's one of the bright spots on this Eagles team. Okay, he's a rookie. Um, great pass rusher. Great run stopper. Um, just... I wouldn't really put him that high. I did put him one spot higher than the players did, but he's perfect in the 191 range. And then I'm keeping Kyle Chuschek uh, at the fullback position. By the way, I'm pretty sure I'm butchering his last name right now, but he's the 49ers fullback. The fullback position really isn't big in today's NFL anymore, but if you've got a bit of speed, you can block, you're going to be playing there. And then I'm going to put Jason Kelsey, Eagles center. I think he's still one of the top centers in this league, but... He is getting up there in age. That's why I drop him down a bit of places. Instead of having him at 91, I have him at 95. At 94, instead of him being at 95, I have Cole Beasley, Bills wide receiver. Um, he definitely exploded for the Bills. Um, definitely a reliable number two receiver. Um, great compliment to Stephon Diggs. Great slot receiver. Um, definitely is playing better than he did in Dallas. That might have ended with quarterback play, offensive play calling. I don't know. But 
Um, I'm going to keep this guy at number three, like at 93, like he was on the players list. Jarvis Landry, Browns wide receiver. His stats didn't pop off the charts, but he was effective. He produced when he needed to for Baker with Odell being out. But he's the reason this team went to the divisional round and nearly went to the AFC Championship. One of the reasons. And then I have a number, t- number 92, one of the best tackles in the league, if not at least the NFC, Brandon Scherf, Washington right tackle. Um, he did great for Alex Smith, keeping him protected. We all know he needed him protected. And then I actually think this guy's one of the best corners in the league. He did have a bit of a drop-off last year, but he's still one of the most effective. It's Tredavious White at Bill's cornerback. Okay, so that was my 191. It was James Robinson, TJ Hawkinson, Brandon Graham, Kyle Chuschek. Again, I think I butchered that. Jason Kelsey. Cole Beasley, Jarvis Landry, Brandon Scherf, and Tredavious White. Now from 90 to 81, I'm going to read off the players list. Jesse Bates, Bengals safety. Tristan Wirfs, Bucks right tackle. Shaq Barrett, Bucks linebacker. Allen Robinson, Bears wide receiver. Zach Martin, Cowboys left guard. Leonard Williams, Giants defensive end. Ryan Tannehill, Titans quarterback. Garrett Bowles, Broncos right guard. And then finally, Chris Godwin, Bucks wide receiver. That's theirs. Now with mine, again, nothing changed at the top here. Um, Jesse Bates, the Bengals safety. He's a very underrated safety in my opinion, but I still wouldn't put him that high only because he is on the Bengals. You can only do so much on that team. I'm not saying they're that bad, but they just don't really hop off the charts defensively. And then I'm going to drop Shaq Barrett down one. He is a great linebacker for the Bucks. He did look great in that Super Bowl, but honestly, who didn't on that defensive side? Um, really hasn't done much outside of the one year in Denver and this year in Tampa Bay. Um, I'm going to drop Leonard Williams down a little bit. He's really not, in my personal opinion, that much of a game wrecker, um, as some people say he is. Um, but he's still highly regarded, in my opinion. Highly respected, in my opinion. Um, at number 87, you got Zach Martin, Cowboys left guard for me. This is... My part. 87, Zach Martin, Cowboys left guard. Um, I know he's had some health issues, but he still is a beast on that offensive line. Um, I did drop him down a little bit. Chris Godwin, Bucks wide receiver. Um, he looked great with Jameis. He looks great with Brady. I didn't really see much of a jump besides a little bit in numbers. Um, next spot is Garrett Bowles. Broncos right guard. I dropped him down a couple spots. He is great for the Broncos, but he's about the only bright spot on that offensive line. Um, next, I have Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. Best rookie right tackle last year. Best. He Brady was hardly ever touched. He kind of got under Chris Jones' skin in the Super Bowl when I was watching that. Kind of be mad, but looking back at it, it was kind of funny. Um, and then the next, I would have Ryan Tannehill, the Titans quarterback. Um, the guy has just completely evolved. I'm not saying he takes over a game. I'd say he's a lot more like Alex Smith, a game manager, but a very good one at that. I remember Colin Cowherd saying a few years ago about Alex Smith. He was listening off all these guys and. All these quarterbacks who weren't really great at anything, but Alex Smith was like those guys. He was kind of lumped in there, but he was great at something. Ryan Tannehill's great at something. He's great at managing the game, and he's got some speed. He's also got a heck of a heck of an arm. And for the top spot, I'm putting Allen Robinson, or top spot, 81 spot. I'm putting Allen Robinson, Bears wide receiver. As much as he's had to deal with throughout his career, 
Blake Bortles and all the mess in, in the quarterback room in the Bears in Chicago. Um, he's still one of the top receivers in the league. It, there's not much you can really argue with there. Um, that's all I have for this part of the segment. I'll continue this next one on my next episode later this week. Um, kind of jumped around a little bit. I wasn't really used to doing this part, but it's kind of something I want to do from here on out. Um, next segment, I'm continuing with my positions and football. Top 10 offensive lines headed into 2021 next. As I said, top 10, top 10 offensive line headed into the 2021 season. Starting off with number 10, Detroit Lions. Look, they drafted Panay Sewell. They got Taylor Decker, who's coming off a career year, and center Frank Ragna, who has proved every year he'd been in the league. Not a lot of bright spots on this team, but if that offensive line can stay stable, they can compete a little bit. Number 9. I honestly shouldn't have them in my top 10. But I'm going to put them here anyways, partially because I'm biased and just the offseason they had, you can't really argue it. Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone knew this team needed an offensive line overhaul, but they went further than I even thought they would. I was honestly a little worried when they cut Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz, but they have new faces all over the place, excluding Lucas Niang, LDT, and Mike Rimmers. This O-line, I think, can be the and this is the first time I'm saying this. I've said this before, but I haven't said who. Will be the new Great Wall compared to the Cowboys line of the 90s, which was called the Great Wall of Dallas. Well, this is the Great call, the Great Wall of Kansas City, I think. Number eight, Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to say this. Yonu was not good in 2019, the offensive line. But they completely turned it around in 2020 thanks to guys like Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein. Number seven is San Francisco 49ers. I know they were not the best in 2020. In fact, I'd say they were in the bottom 10 of the league. But this year, there's no doubt they will turn it around with Trent Williams staying. Mike, Mike McGlinchey and Lakin Tomlinson know how to hold those line down as well. Number six, Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl champs. I hope I don't have to say that ever again. No, I'm kidding. I don't have much to say about this line. They run block perfectly, and Tom Brady has hardly ever touched. Tristan Wirfs and Ali Marpet are the studs of this group. Let's just hope Tristan doesn't have a sophomore slump. Number five, Dallas Cowboys. This line is healthy. Tyron Smith is back. Zach Martin is legit, as everyone knows. And Leal Collins is returning this year as well. I've said it this poor. I've said it before. This team has a chance to be world beaters. Number four, the Pats, New England Patriots. They have one of the best lines year in and year out, and this year will be no different with the addition of Trent Brown. Another unstoppable year for this O-line group is ahead. Number three, New Orleans Saints. Taron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. Honestly, that's all you need to know. And with the quarterback situation kind of up in the air, expect them to block like they've never blocked before for Alvin Kamara. Which the number three team is very similar to the number one team, but that doesn't come next. Number two comes next. Cleveland Browns. I understand they returned all five starters, and it was possibly second best last year as well. Nothing wrong with being second. 
unless it's the Super Bowl, of course. But expect Jack Conklin, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Wyatt Teller, and Chris Hubbard to, con- to continue to be getting Christmas gifts and, most importantly, wins from Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. And I would put them at number one if it weren't for the Indianapolis Colts. This line was already perfect. They got Eric Fisher in free agency. He may not be ready to start due to an Achilles injury. But expect him to make immediate impact as soon as the season starts. Also due to his veteran presence, kind of like Mike Rimmers up in KC. Quentin Nelson is hands down the best left guard in the league, in my opinion. And Braden Smith is arguably one of the best right tackles in the league, again in my opinion. And with their quarterback situation up in the air, expect the running backs to go off week in and week out. That was about all I have for you guys today. I did want to make one announcement. If you guys have not seen the new Suicide Squad movie, I suggest you go see it. Or if you have an HBO Max subscription, I suggest you watch that there. It is head and shoulders above the original Suicide Squad. Um, with Jared Leto, crappy version of the Joker. Um, Will Smith's dead shot. He did great, but the movie overall was kind of corny. This new one is kind of corny, but it's still a lot more comic book accurate. The Peacemaker is great. I've said John Cena is great in that movie. Um, you just got to go watch it. Um, that's all I have for you guys today. I'll be back later this week with another version of my top 100. And then I'll be going into the defense for my top 10 positions in the NFL. Um, everyone enjoy the... Everyone enjoy their Monday. Sorry, I'm off. Tuesday. And I will be back later this week.